Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the 41st episode of Feel Good Friday. That's right. That's goddamn right. Episode 41 of FGF. We're here. We made it. We're still trucking, too, baby. We're not stopping anytime soon because it is October's Eve, a.k.a. September 30th, a.k.a. the day before October 1st. Spooky season is in full effect. It has gone full fucking throttle, nuclear, whatever you want to call it. It is the time of the year for all my spooky friends and fam, okay? Now, a guy like me, I like Halloween mindset year-round, horror movies year-round. I even like when I'm in the garage and it's like March or April or something and I see the Halloween decorations and I kind of give them this little smile and I'm like, miss you guys, see you in a few months, love you, and give them a little kiss. Just a little pat on the, well, you know, on the bin, whatever. (laughs) So it's a year-round thing for me. It doesn't stop. As much of a beach guy as I am, like I love going to the beach, I love summer, I equally love horror movies and Halloween. So I'm not upset that the weather is turning a little chillier, the air is a little bit more crisp. I love it. I love it. It means that spooky season, it's on its way. It's here. It's really here. Especially starting tomorrow. But it's been ramping up. The Monsters, the Rob Zombie Monsters movie dropped earlier this week. I enjoyed that. I definitely went in with low expectations, so I think that kind of helped. Um, it was super campy. It's really loud. It's kind of out there. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a whole lot. And it was really colorful, so Finn was kind of glued to the TV, too. And it's rated PG, so I'm not, like, showing Finn. He's like, oh, you watched a Rob Zombie movie with your 15-month-old son? Yeah, but it was the monsters, so let's chill the fuck out. So that came out. Hocus Pocus 2 dropped today. And you could also check out my Hocus Pocus 2 serial review that I dropped with my, of course, my 15-month-old son, Finnegan. That's on the Book of Faces, a.k.a. Facebook. So that's there. I think Peacocktober is starting to get ready because I saw a couple Halloween movies on there. Halloween Ends is actually going to be streaming exclusively on Peacock when that comes out, same day as theaters. So that'll be pretty cool. I still plan on seeing it in theaters. I want to see it in theaters before I stream it because that's just tradition with me and Cassie. I'm sure I've told the story before, but Halloween, the 2018 Halloween was the first movie that Cassie and I saw in theaters. We saw it in Texas when she came down to visit. And then we saw Halloween Kills in theaters last year. So we just got to wrap it up. It's the trilogy, you know? You can't stop now. We got to see it. We got to see it. It is what it is. And then Black Phone was streaming exclusively on Peacock. That was a cool movie. A lot of fun, I think. Well, fun, that's a, you know, it's about a guy who kidnaps children. So maybe not fun. It's definitely not a slasher by any means. So slashers are usually the ones that I call fun. This was more of a thriller. Ethan Hawke was phenomenal in it. The kid was great. It was a good movie. It's definitely worth the watch. I'd probably watch it again. It's one of those. Um, I would turn it on. Like There are a lot of movies that I wouldn't turn on, but I wouldn't turn off if it was already on, if that makes sense. It's definitely one of those. It's also a movie that I, I probably would turn on if I was like, you know what movie I want to watch again? Black phone because it was good and maybe I missed some stuff because there were some twists and turns and whatnot. So, yeah, put some pieces together. 
And Smile is coming out. Smile looks really creepy. They actually did a great promotion. They had people go to sporting events, I think baseball games and football games. And they just had them creepily smile at the cameraman for, you know, minutes on minutes on end. And it was a great promotion. It was really great. They stood out for sure. The people around them were weirded out because I'm not sure all of them knew what was going on. That might have ruined the bit. So that was just fantastic marketing. That alone makes me want to see it because it's like, it's so, I don't know. I've never seen that with another movie. I don't think you could do that with another movie. Maybe you could. I don't know. If people show up in hockey masks to a bunch of games, if a new Friday the 13th ever comes out, I don't know. But Smile did it perfectly. Plus the movie itself looks good. Definitely looks like a jump scare. There will be some gross stuff in it. Creepy stuff. Eerie. All about it. But yeah. It's it's spooky season. It's full on. The weather's here. The, the content is here. The decorations are here. The leaves are changing and falling. The sports are here. Football's back. Full swing. Going into week four. Technically week four already started last night because the Bengals played the Dolphins and Tua had a gruesome injury. Bengals ended up winning 27-15, to I think. Teddy Bridgewater came in. He just didn't have it. It's all good. Prayers up for Tua. Looked pretty bad, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Bears are playing the Giants. They have the potential to go 3-1, and one, which I'll be honest, I did not have them going 3-1 and one the first four games of the season. They could win this game. They have a chance. Realistic chance. Part of me hopes they don't. They're not going anywhere with this team. Justin Fields doesn't look like he knows what he's doing that well, at least. That quote is going to live in infamy where he's like, oh, it's, the game slows down for me or whatever. It doesn't look like it has. He holds on to the ball too long. He looks like he's having decision-making problems. I don't know. We'll see. He's, he does his best work when he's scrambling. So maybe they could play to that. We'll see how good of a coach Eberflus is. Or Eberflus or however the fuck. But they have the potential to go 3-1, which is it's kind of cool. Maybe we can you know, have some of the haters like Bill Simmons be like, all right, you're 3-1, and one. maybe you're not as bad as I thought. I'll give you some credit. Maybe you're not the worst team in the league because he had us going as the worst team in the league. So, again, Bill Simmons, I love you. You're probably my favorite sports podcaster. Other than the part of my take, dudes, but, you know, you're an asshole for that one. Anyway, fall is here. Spooky season is officially here. It's full throttle. Like I said, year-round for me, but now everyone's getting in on it. Everyone's getting in on it. And to celebrate the kickoff of spooky season, to celebrate October's Eve, Nora Uncle is going to be on the podcast today. Very excited to interview her. She seems really awesome. She seems so nice. And she's a horror director. Or I'm going to ask her how she would describe her movie, A Nightmare Wakes. It's uh, about Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein, and her struggles that she, she dealt with in her life. And it's pretty deep. I guess it's a drama, thriller, something like that. Psychological thriller. I'm going to ask her how she would describe it. It's worth a watch, for sure. It's on Shudder if you have it, AMC+. Plus. Shudder is included in that. So give it a watch. I enjoyed it. 
it's deep like you have to you can't be doing something else when you're watching it it's it's pretty deep um so that's her that's her big movie she also you know she's she's a big horror fan so we're gonna talk about all things horror and possibly some other stuff we'll see if we have time hopefully i can phrase the questions in a way that i can get them all out we could cover a lot of bases but we'll see so she's she's nice enough to be doing this at all so i appreciate it and uh, hopefully everything goes well today i'm sure it will so that's how we're kicking off spooky season from here on out until the end of october it is going to be spooky content we might talk a little sports if something big happens whether it's baseball, well, you know, baseball will happen, the World Series, um, and then hockey will be back, basketball will be back, football is back. So unless something big happens in sports, we're going to try to avoid that talk. I know not everyone's a fan of it. I've had people text me now saying, yeah, just not a fan of the sports talk. Well, I don't know. I am. And is it your podcast? No, it's my podcast. Shut the fuck up. Anyway. We're going to try to avoid that regardless and stick to the spooky stuff. Want to have Brian Collins back on. Want to have Brucker on. Uh, Enrico should be on. We'll talk about all sorts of movies, but we'll definitely talk about horror movies in there, even though that's not really his genre. You know, it's my genre. So we're going to cover it. All sorts of stuff. It's going to be great. I want to have a big Halloween special. And have some people, you know, a bunch of people on. It was just me last year, so I want to change that up. I'm excited for this October. It should be a hell of a month. Kicking it off with an interview with Nora Uncle today. That'll be up next. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 41. Like I said, we're trucking. We're killing it. Let's do this thing. Spooky season is here, baby. yeah you may have noticed that that intro music is just a little bit different than the usual one that's because from now until the end of october oh we're getting spooky baby enjoy here's the interview all right everybody and we're back with a very special guest on the podcast nora uncle is here um i was going through your imdb page which first off it's awesome that you have an imdb page like that is in itself really cool. I was trying to find out the right title, you know, uh, whether it's director or writer, because you have all of them. In for you, like, what is your ideal title? What would you like to be introduced as? Great question. Um, I think I've landed on writer director. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so I was going through uh, the list of everything you've done. I. Like I just said before we started, I found out through uh, Brucker's podcast, and then I went on to watch A Nightmare Wakes. Would you say A Nightmare Wakes is like, that's your baby right there? That's your prized possession? How could you tell? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you, if you want, I can just let you go. If you want to, because I was also trying to find the way to describe that movie. I know there's psychological, uh, thriller. I think on Shudder it's actually listed as a drama but the fact that it's on Shutter is like, it's got to be a little horror themed, you know? So how would you describe A Nightmare Wakes? Yeah, 
that's a great question too. Um, I would describe it as a psychological drama with horror elements that's inspired by the original novel of Frankenstein um, and really kind of plays into the world of a writer as they're creating something very dark and twisted from the dark and twisted experiences of their own life. Right. Yeah, because she really, Mary Shelley goes through a lot in that movie, in that film. Um, so yeah, where, where, I didn't even show half of it. <laughs> right, right. So where does the, uh, the inspiration from this come from? Where did you come up with the idea and really get into it, like put it into motion? Wow, yeah. So let's see, I was in college in New York um, when Sandy hit the big hurricane, and um, I was trapped in my apartment for a week with, no power, nothing. All I had was a couple candles and a copy of Frankenstein. And I was 20 years old at the time. So I was just about the same age as Mary when she was writing it. And (laughs) I don't know what happened, but some of those dark stormy nights I was reading and just getting the absolute living daylights scared out of me Um, from this book that was 200 years earlier. And there was an intro in that particular copy that mentioned the fact that Mary had gone through several miscarriages before and during writing of the book. And it just hit me while I was reading it for the very first time. I was like, oh my goodness, the creature, the voice in this, this is Mary's voice. She's begging for visibility, for recognition, for for care and affection. How have we not seen that story? How have we not talked about where she where a 19 year old girl would come up with something so stark and horrific right and so that just opened up a whole many many cans of worms and i went down a four-year rabbit hole of just research and everything i could and and then yeah eventually we you know kind of had to piece it together in whatever ways we could because it was this um odd amalgamation of sort of horror, sort of drama, sort of historical, sort of modern, um, (laughs) mixed genre thing. And uh, we were really, really very pleased to have fans at Shudder who saw it for the psychological horror that it was, the female-driven horror that it was. Yeah, Um, yeah, so... That's kind of the, oh, I, I guess I just gave you the whole journey, but there you go. No, that's, that's what I wanted. That's what I was looking for. Um, so I, I saved a couple um, reviews that I thought were really good. So Christopher Cross of Tilt Magazine says, A Nightmare Wakes is a must-watch for those looking for a horror film that is refreshing and innovative. And then Nicholas Delgadillo hope I'm pronouncing that right, of Not Fast writes, maybe full of spine-chilling dreams and the odd jump scare, but its real scares come from the psychological downward spiral that we, wa- that we watch Mary go through. So those are just a couple that I found. Did you go through the reviews when they came out? Do you do that? Because I know a lot of people put out work and then they don't read the comments. Um, so did you go through? smarter move was to ignore them but um (laughs) i did i did you know and and i gleaned a lot from it because Mm -hmm. you know 
I think something that I learned was the vision of Frankenstein that I'd had, which was based off of the novel. It's a very different story of Frankenstein than what a lot of horror fans know and right. recognize. Um, and on top of that, you know, I would hear reviews or read reviews that were saying, there's no horror in this at all. It's not scary. And um, and yet I got to watch some people start to think about it a little bit and go, oh, well, you know, I guess that miscarriage was a little, little uncomfortable. That would be traumatizing for somebody. And watch people kind of turn the page on what can be scary, that it doesn't necessarily have to look like what our classic horror films are are telling us horror is, you know, yeah. and I think it was it was an interesting thing to see, you know, a lot of people come in with very high expectations of what they wanted the film to be, either Mary Shelley biopic, which it's not, or a Frankenstein retelling of, you know, the classic uh, Universal Monsters movie, which again, it's not. <laughs> um, and it's something uniquely its own, and, um, but when I read reviews like that, it's so it it makes me feel a lot better to know like okay there are people that see it yeah. for what it's intended to be. But I guess it, it just reminds me that the whole process we always knew it was a very polarizing movie, oh, yeah. and there are people that going to be like, yes, absolutely, this is my jam, and there were going to people be people that were just like, this is trash, this is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of the times when a movie isn't what someone expects, they automatically dislike it without trying to understand it. And I think um, that mindset, I I try not to have that mindset. I'll just say that. But um, yeah. yeah, because I think horror can be... Though. What's that? It's a skill, though, to go in true. with that kind of open-mindedness. Yeah. True, true. Especially when you you really want something to be a certain way, and then it's just not that way. I think... That black phone that came out recently, a lot of people expected like a slasher or something like that, and it just wasn't really that. So, um, I think horror can be different things, to, you know, to everyone. It's it's kind of their own thing because, like you said, in a horror movie, I'm I want to feel scared, but I also you know feelings of like that uneasiness or whatever. Even the intro in Nightmare Wakes when she's just walking into the water, it's kind of this like unsettling feeling and then just the waves lapping so it from the start kind of yeah brings that oh thank you yeah i think that yeah unsettling was ultimately what i realized i was going for yeah. less of those jump scares than the like i, I wanted you to come out with that just like Ugh. <laughs> oh that feels weird yeah kind of feeling yeah yeah so a lot of people are coming out with that but they just might not like that right because yeah it's just <laughs> not fair. right um unfortunately can't please everyone but i enjoyed it and i know many other people did after going through the reviews so Thank i you. i was going like i said i was going through the imdb credits and i found soundtrack for one and then i i remember you guys were talking about this on autopsy of a horror film you're credited with as the performer for um when I am laid in Earth, was yep. <laughs> is this something that you planned on doing, or was this uh, something you always like, you know, like a skill that you had in your back pocket, or or what? It was more that one, yeah. Like I, I, um, I was 
lucky enough to work with our composer a lot in college as well. And mm-hmm. so we both come from a um, classical music background. And um, so we both knew I could. We were hoping to find a, a much more professional uh, singer to do it. Um, but, uh, you know, funds ran tight. And, yeah. You know, we're in post and it's like, we got to get somebody in there. So right. I'm free. Um, <laughs> Hadley. Oh, what kind do you have? Uh, I have an English Mastiff and then a Corgi Bassett as well. And uh, they did this last week too. I had an interview going on and I even closed the blinds this time because I thought that would help. But they're, they protect the house. That's what they do. I, anyway. that, I, get, I have three of my own. They like to do the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, it's a beautiful day. I should just put them outside. But. Anyway, um, so you said you were running short on funds and you, you did what you have to do, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, it's a, one of those classic indie film stories where mm-hmm. you, you utilize whatever you have around you. And yeah. I happen to have a voice, so we use that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what were some other challenges that you faced while filming this movie? Mm. While filming? Yeah. Or I guess oh, filming, creating... You know, what were some of the things that you overcame? Let's see. Um, I think one of the biggest ones was trying to convince people to give me a 25-year-old at the time mm-hmm. uh, money for a feature film that was mixed genre and period piece. Right. Um, and convince them that that wasn't going to be a waste. Um, right. And with that came a lot of meetings of people being like, hey, we'll give you $3 million if you make Percy the protagonist. Okay. And things like that where you're like, well, you know, the money sounds great, but that would change <laughs> the, you know, entire thing. Yeah. Um, and so it was definitely difficult to kind of navigate that when there were opportunities to do it in a different way, but mm-hmm. we had to really stick to our guns and make sure that you know this is the film we're trying to make and we're not going to do it unless we're doing it right um so that was that you know took years of of trying to find and get and lose again and get um and then production that was a whirlwind that was we had (laughs) we had 18 days to film it oh wow um mm -hmm. we ended up getting, as I was saying, financial things. Um, we had to make the film for half, less than half of what we were planning to make it for. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got about two weeks notice for that. So the whole thing was, um, I can't believe it exists. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it exists is, is, is wonderful and remarkable, but you know, that just, came with it a lot of challenges a fun one is uh we because of the loss of budget we we didn't have lights <laughs> we didn't have any lights uh-huh. so or i'm sorry we, i think we had three actual lights yeah. and everything else is candles and yeah and then what that meant was you know our our final scene that takes place at dusk mm-hmm. um we only have an hour for dusk every night so yeah. we ended up filming that whole scene over the course of six days <laughs> <laughs> and just getting one hour of dusk every night and yeah. then um 
wild because the very last night, which was the most important part where one of the characters, not to, you know, give everything away, one of the characters um, descends into water. Um, And there was a massive rainstorm, like just thunder, lightning, (laughs) massive storm. And we were like, we're going to have five minutes to do this. That's all we're going to have. It's not going to work. And lo and behold, the moment we had the camera up, the skies cleared. We shot for five minutes, finished the scene, and then we got a shot of Mary standing by the lake that has turned into our poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, the ele- yeah, yeah, the elements against you. There was budget issues, people trying to compromise your vision, mm-hmm. but you overcame. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Awesome. But, you know, <laughs> the story of almost any film, right? Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, I saw the video of you in Walmart seeing your movie in the DVD section. How cool of a feeling was that? Because I imagine that would be, I, I I don't know. I used to make music, so I guess that would be the equivalent of me seeing a CD or something, but never took it that far. So you got to see that. How cool was that? Oh my goodness. That was, that was a special day for sure. You know, it was, um, we were so lucky to be able to be on Shutter, um, but it was also, you know, first year of the pandemic. So that meant that any sort of premiere or party or even just any sort of celebration to, Uh about the movie getting out wasn't possible, you know, cause we were all in lockdown and, right. and our actors are in, you know, London and LA and we just couldn't get all together. Um, and so part of me was always like, did this really happen? Is this, <laughs> did, was this nightmare my psychological break? Did it never actually happen? <laughs> and getting to go to Walmart and actually holding a physical copy of it and yeah. being like, no, this exists to other people not just me it's not just in my head it it was it was next level yeah it was great right absolutely that's awesome um and it's a great i think it's a great title i think the poster the artwork is really cool so i'm sure it grabs people's attention as well um and if they don't have shutter they could see it through that um but i a nightmare wakes was not your only project you had Several shorts before that. Stray, Attention. Um, did you have a favorite project before A Nightmare Wakes? Like, what was... Or the Goblin song? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That one's a weirdo. That one you uh, were in, right? Uh, yeah, I... Listen, you, you gotta learn someday that you shouldn't be in front of the camera. That was my day. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I... Yeah, that was a fun one. I had one just after the credits scene that I put, gave, given myself two lines mm-hmm. that I'd written for myself, maybe five words each. And as soon as the camera started rolling, it just blanked. Just <laughs> nothing. Got nothing. And I was like, got it. This scene's cut. Moving on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's see. A favorite project. Um, attention's a really fun one uh-huh. because I rarely get to play in modern day. Right. And um, that one, we got to do some like fun neon, and we got to play with just kind of modern demonology and some, you know, I don't know. There's weird amounts of exorcisms going on in the modern day that we didn't all know about. Who yeah. knew? Um, so yeah, that one was really fun. Plus, it's, it's always good to just kind of work with your with. We 
got to establish a pretty great team from Nightmare that I then get to work with right. a lot. So that awesome. was fun. Um, did you have, I know this is the third time I'm saying it, but you have a lot of credits in IMDb. Is directing your your uh, your favorite of the the credit like or do you like the writing the producing or do you just like it all? Oh gosh, yeah, I I hate producing. I'll say that. I hate producing. Okay. <laughs> I hate, it's just it's that takes um, so much skill and patience and mm-hmm. um, you know very logical logistical brains. Right. I am an artist, so I. <laughs> um, I came into the whole film thing through writing. I, I just always was a screenwriter. That was my um, favorite thing. And I was also a musician. And so there was a part of me that started within film school considering directing because I was like, oh, well, I guess you can kind of bring the different elements that I like all together. I can bring music. I can bring the the acting that I used to do. I can bring my photography loves. I I can bring in all of the things that I really, really love, but I don't have to be an expert at any of it as long as I can meet others who are going to make the art better and bigger than I could ever make it on my own. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of filmmaking is it's all a a joint project. So it's always going to be bigger than an individual person. And the idea of being able to take these scripts that were kind of, you know, like nightmares stuck in my head, part of my, you know, hearing my voice talk back and forth to itself, you know, as characters, to be able to then see other people bring their minds and their brains to that and make that come alive, Mm -hmm. um, that was just, that's so cool. It's, it's weird. It's, it's cool because, you you know, it's like you've fantasized and, and had these scenes playing out in your head for years and then suddenly I walk into a room and there's Mary's bedroom. You know, a production designer comes yeah. in and, and makes this place real and, and suddenly I'm not crazy. This is a, an actual story. And so I think that was the, the joy of discovering with um, directing was that it wasn't that I had to like move away from anything that I loved. It was that I got to now have my hands in all of it uh-huh. while still mainly just kind of steering the ship while letting everybody else's artistry kind of take it to a whole nother place gotcha that's awesome yeah. that's really cool um Thanks. do you have any projects in the future like coming up in the future i know it says eat doesn't have a release date at this time but uh yeah yeah it's fun that's the same team that did attention and okay, um, it's actually doing the festival rounds right now so oh um, okay. this month it's going to be having some great fests actually it might be something out in Chicago area. I'll let you know. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that one's a fun one. It's a um, kind of Hitchcock-inspired, German expressionist-inspired zombie film. Okay. Yeah. Um, About the concept of what happens if the only way you stop yourself from becoming a zombie is by eating human flesh. (laughs) Interesting. Just to get weird. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Thanks. I like so that's it. That's a fun one. Um, and then I'm, I'm currently writing two scripts that um, I've been writing for a while, but we're, you know, getting to a great place. One is called Bruja, which is um, really fun and dark and twisted and has to do with um, 
Mexican witchcraft, brujería, um, okay. and um, is about it, it centered around uh, human trafficking. Gotcha. So it's very scary. Yeah. Um, but also you know, feminist as my usual thing. Um, gotcha. And then the other one that I am working on right now is a uh, it's called Outcome the Wolves, and uh, that is a really fun dark action horror um about two uh runaway previously enslaved people who uh are trying to make their way north and getting caught by a uh group of northern rebels who call themselves the wolves and it becomes a cat and mouse chase um yeah so that there's those have been really fun writing and just kind of getting back into that zones but um and then otherwise i work full-time as a um director for a documentary company so i get to direct all the time and but on these social issues social issue documentaries which yeah. is just really special and, and then i get to go and play in the horror realm you know mm-hmm. at night all <laughs> right, right that's cool um yeah. so these two movies you said the first one was bruja and then Outcome the Wolves, are they going to be shorts or are they going to be feature length? Uh, These are features. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're moving along. We'll see. You know, um, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited. We're, we're kind of getting into not just development areas. <laughs> okay. Is there one you're pri- prioritizing more than the other or are you just kind of spreading it out equally? Spreading it out equally. They're both, uh, Outcome the Wolves is something that I was able to finish kind of uh, back at the beginning of the pandemic with my co-writer. Um, right. And so now it's, it's a matter of just getting it into attachments and, and, and start making it happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But Bruja, I'm still deeply in the weeds for. <laughs> Got you. Got you. Is it, so if you're working on both at the same time, is it hard to, do you have to like change your mindset when you go to work on, Bruja, after you just got done working on Outcome the Wolves. Oh my gosh, yes. It's, it, there was a point where I was working on like five scripts at one time, and I, I, I genuinely was like, I'm going crazy. This is this is not helpful. Um, but, you know, the, the fun thing that I'll do is I have a different um, playlist that I put together per project yeah. so that um, what I can, and I have like a mood board and stuff, so I'll just kind of play the music put the mood board in front of myself and just like stare at it until I'm part of that world and try to kind of get in and, and you know, surround myself with it. Okay. And then, yeah, so it, it, it sometimes works. And sometimes I start writing things in Spanish that are in, you know, the Civil War and you're like, no, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty great if just the rebels started talking in Spanish. <laughs> um, Switch it up, you know. <laughs> right. Did you, so I, um, back in the day I used to write, me and my buddies used to make just really like, we had my family's camera and we would, I wrote a script for, uh, back in the day it was Paranormal Activity 4, Paranormaler, it was just supposed to be a sat, like a satire, I didn't think it was going to get to Paranormal Activity 4, like they were actually going to make that and then I think there's like seven of them now, um, but I remember writing, even just writing a, a stupid comedy like that. I had moments where I writer's block hit me. Do you have you? Has it hit you, or do you just have so much going on 
that it all can come out. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I used to think I was special, I think, in college when I just had, I was so excited and brimming with ideas. And I was like, I don't get writer's block. And then adulthood hit, and I was like, I get writer's block quite <laughs> a lot. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, it definitely. And especially since the pandemic, you know, I, I find that writing is integrally involved with kind of uh, new experiences and, and getting out in the world and, and seeing new things. And, and um, but the pandemic not being able to do a lot of that, you know, it was kind of like, gosh, well, what do I write about then? You know, there's only so many things I can say about these four walls. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think it's definitely been, a, a, especially since the pandemic, a, a give and take of, you know, one month of writer's block, one month off, you know? <laughs> right. but, but I, I think we're coming a little bit round. I don't know. I, I'm hoping it gets better, but yeah. it's, it's something I think that all of us have to suffer through True. forever. True. No, you're not wrong. I think it's going to be around, but I think it's just a matter of, I don't know, the, uh, urgency or, you know, seriousness of which we treat it. I don't know, but yeah. Um, so speaking of COVID, I, I, it almost sounded like light. It's not supposed to be light. I'm surprised I didn't see many COVID theme or that I haven't seen many COVID themed horror movies coming out. Like I figured that would be a thing, you know, like families dealing with that or, you know, obviously dramatized, you know, some kind of outbreak or whatever. But, uh, (laughs) Would that be something that would pique your interest, like a movie, cent- you know, centered around that? Well, it was funny. Uh, the script that I was writing, that was going to be my follow-up to Nightmare, um, was about the Black Plague. Okay. Um. So, um, what was interesting was I had that, and I was like, I have a plague movie. This is perfect. This right. is a plague. We have a plague. And everybody's like, No, please don't make me think about that more. Okay. You know, and I think. A lot of us had that kind of desire for escapism yeah. when the pandemic was happening. So when you said that, I, I said, yet. I think <laughs> it's a matter of time before we get all of those plague movies. Okay. Um, they'll come. They'll come. But yeah. it's, you know, I think Hollywood is always three, four years behind the yeah. actual fads because it takes that long to make a movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think we're closing in on when these, the first trailers will probably start getting hit. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's still still too soon right now to do anything like that. Yeah, I know a lot of stand-up comedians are releasing more specials now, and they're, you know, a lot of it is COVID-based humor because what else are you going to write about, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think it's, yeah, a matter of time before we get the movies like that too. But um, speaking of other projects i guess you're obviously a horror fan i'm sure yes very much so i i you know just in case i don't know where you got that yeah (laughs) um how did you get into horror like what was was it the first movie you saw where was was it books yeah let's see so growing up the closest my mom was petrified like couldn't would not let a horror movie even into the house, much less 
much less onto the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so the closest I got to have growing up was, you know, the classic Universal Monsters movies, yeah. as well as Hitchcock, which I consider to be the early shapings of horror. Yeah. Um, and so those were some of my earliest references, but uh, it wasn't until I was in film school, actually, and I got to meet my... Um, my producer from Nightmare, Devin Shepard, and she, like, she is, every bone of her body is made of a different horror film, you know, like, this. Is, she is, she is horror, and um, she was the one that really kind of showed me that horror was so nuanced, and so, it, it had so many subgenres, there's so many possibilities of what horror can be, and particularly in the indie film world, yeah. it's one of the few places you can take risks, and you can actually try something new, you know, because, yeah. like, with dramas, you're going to be a drama. With comedy, you still got to be funny. But with horror, we can talk about what is fear, what is suspense, what is the feeling that we're, we're you know, trying to capture through these moments. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, what horror is, is here's an entertaining way for us to talk about some of the darkest and scariest parts of our society, right? Yeah. And But we do it through fun blood and screaming and, and running and hiding and suspense and you know all of that and and so when I saw that you could use entertainment as a subversion way of talking about serious issues I was like holy crap there's no other genre this yeah. is it and I would say also a big influence is what got me into filmmaking was I saw Lord of the Rings period full stop okay. saw Lord of the Rings I was like done this is what I want <laughs> And Peter Jackson, you know, his whole uh, career leading up is an amazing horror director. Yeah. Um, and so I went back and watched some of his films and it started seeing like, oh, I see the influence of how he got to this beautiful, huge scale film of Lord of the Rings. That first half of Fellowship is a horror movie, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, that's where you got it from. Because you really cut your teeth in one of the genres where you you could make t- make risks and sorry take risks yeah. and um, make innovative choices okay. and so that was really inspiring and I was like hell yeah let's go do that let's do more of that and then the more I watched and the more I got schooled in horror by my uh, my three producers for Nightmare are like horror buffs gotcha they, they just yeah. And so the three of them really schooled me to kind of show me the wide array that there could be. Yeah. So now I'm a fan for life. Right. That's awesome. I know I keep yeah. saying that's awesome. I apologize, but it is It is awesome. It is awesome. So, <laughs> um, so I just got the notification we got, or the pop-up. We got six minutes left, but I you know, wanted to get some quick ones in. And this one, apologize if it's on the spot. But if you had a Mount Rushmore of horror movies, what would be on your Mount Rushmore? If you had to nail it down as to in, four. As in, of, like... Top, like, top four. Like... Oh, to, oh, Jacob's Ladder. Okay. Um... Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jacob's Ladder, uh... Fuck it, I'll throw the others in there. It's been on my mind. Nice. Um... Uh... The Witch, honestly, I know it's it's more recent, but it, it's something that really showed me what kind of this modern take to horror could be. Yeah. But, and then I would say Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. 
Yeah, classic. I uh, what about that, you? that was one of the ones that got me into horror. That's a sorry, I read it again. That was uh, my last name being Kruger. I was introduced to Freddy at a very young age. Um, so Nightmare on Elm Street, Jeepers Creepers is on mine. That was the movie that really made me love horror because I remember my dad was watching it and I, he didn't want me watching it. I was young at the time and I snuck into the living room and I watched the whole movie from behind the couch and I had to like, like in the scary parts, I had to like cover my mouth and, um, so that was the movie that really made me love it because I actually really liked the feeling of being scared. It was exhilarating. And there's a lot of moments in that movie where I felt that rush and I, I really loved it. So Nightmare on Elm Street's on mine too. Jeepers Creepers. Um, I would say, I know I'm doing more recent ones, but I would say The Conjuring is on there. I think The Conjuring is one, one of the greatest horror movies of uh, this generation. Definitely of the 2000s, but... That's up there. And then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. It's just, to me, it's such like a, you watch that movie and you just, you feel gross afterwards, you know? Like, so I think that's one of the movies that really makes me unsettling or unsettled like we talked about earlier and uneasy. So, and then honorable mention, A Nightmare Wakes, of course. Real quick, I wanted to talk. Have you checked out Dahmer on Netflix? I haven't yet. It's okay. on the list. I, I gotta say, I'm I'm uh, so excited yeah. because tomorrow begins okay. the month of the year. True. Which means, personally, we do. Um, I do with my roommates. We do one horror movie every day. Okay. Um, some of them, obviously, we got to get the classics in there, make sure we get some of the faves. Right. Um, but some of them we're going to go to theaters for. But yeah, Dahmer, let's see, Barbarian's one. Barbarian, I still haven't seen yeah. X. Oh, so yeah. There's, there's, I don't know, yeah. I got to... There's already a follow-up to that one. There's already Pearl that already came out. I know. So. Is it out? I, or was that... It's either out or it's going to be out real soon. I know that much. Yep. Yep. So. I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. It's, it's, that, it's that time of the year. Um. So, two minutes left, I guess. Was there anything you wanted to plug or, or anything like that? Like, I know we talked about your upcoming projects, Bruja and Outcome the Wolves and Eat, but was there anything else going on that you, you wanted to talk about? Oh, thank you. Well, I guess if, you know, one thing that would be really fun is something that I produced recently. Mm-hmm. I know I said I hate producing, <laughs> but this one was worth it. Um, and it's actually a podcast um, called Cryptids. Okay. Um, and it's, uh, I think you might dig it because you you seem to like the paranormal world and kind of the obviously these are cryptids so yeah. it's kind of a, a fun um, UFO kind of uh, feel to it. Um, anyways, it's six part and um, it is on every podcast okay. platform, but it's 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 a fun little um, radio drama. Okay. But, yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Nora, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun um, getting an insight of what it's like in the mind of a director and writer and everything else that you are. So I appreciate it. And um, I hope you have a great October. <laughs> and, uh, thank you. you too. 
enjoy yeah. it time yeah. of the year. Definitely. <laughs> it's yeah, absolutely beautiful outside. I love it. Yeah. So um, oh, yeah, I'll I'll just uh, I'll talk to you later, and thank you again for doing this. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. All right, everybody. That was Nora Uncle. I made sure I was pronouncing her name right before we started recording because I'm a professional. Hadley and Shorzy once again made their apparently weekly appearance on the podcast. Awesome. Great. So glad that they did that. They got to protect the house, you know? But anyway, that was Nora Uncle. Really cool interview. She seems like the nicest person and uh, a lot of cool insight onto what it's like behind the camera. Even though she was in front of it in a couple movies, uh, the Goblin Song and whatnot, she spends most of her time behind it, writer, director, producer, even though she hates producing. So really cool to get some behind the scenes info, some BTS stuff, not BTS, the band. I don't know anything about that still, even after this interview. So, but she's awesome. Damn, I said awesome again. I got to find a new word. But what else do you say when that's the perfect word to describe it? So, there's that. All right, y'all. I am going to head out for now. Don't worry. I'm going to wrap it up burrito style. Burritos sound good tonight. Chipotle? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Now I'm getting hungry, so I really got to go. Thank you guys for tuning in. Check out Nora Uncle on Instagram. Um, I'm sure she's on Twitter. I don't have a Twitter, so I would not know. But her movie, A Nightmare Wakes, is on Shudder or AMC Plus if you have that. Um, you could. I'm sure there's ways to find her shorts, as well, her short films as well. That sounded weird. <laughs> her short films. Uh Attention, Stray, and Goblin Song, and she's got new stuff coming out. Check that. Should, you know, be on the lookout for that. And then Cryptids is a podcast that she produced. I know I'm reiterating everything I just said in the podcast, but I just want to get it out there and make sure that she is getting the attention that she deserves because she's awesome. I said awesome again. Damn it. New word. Come on, Joe. I feel like Chris Farley right now doing it. All right. Going to wrap it up in the intro in a, in a second, but I think I hear Finn waking up. Perfect timing. It's like he knew I was doing the interview. Thanks, bud. All right, y'all. Be back in a minute. Stay spooky. All right, people, and we're back to wrap it on up like a burrito. I apologize. This is uh, Monday that I'm recording this. The interview with Nora was on Friday. And I'm recording this outro on Monday. I've just been slacking straight up. I thought I was going to have time to do it, and I couldn't. Um, it wasn't a crazy weekend by any means, but there was just um, enough going on where recording the outro got put on the back burner. And I apologize for putting you guys second. You don't deserve that. You deserve better of me. So uh, here I am recording this in the back alley of Trader Joe's right now. I'm on my break and trying to get this done, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I am outside. I got LaGrange that's actually pretty close to me. Uh, so you might hear some cars coming by. 
coworkers might come out and be like, what are you doing? And I'm going to be like, I'm recording my podcast. Shut the fuck up. And they're going to be like, okay. That's how that conversation is going to go exactly verbatim. I know it. Um, yeah, so no, my bad for waiting so long. This is going to be coming out on Monday now because because Joe's a slacker. Straight up, always has been. Hopefully won't always will be, but we'll see. I don't know what the future holds, you know. I didn't think I was going to be a dad at 29, but here I am just doing that. And uh, I love that. So maybe I'll love not being a slacker if that's the turn of events that happens. I don't know. I can't I can't predict that, though. So um, kind of glad I'm recording it on Monday. Had a chance to see Football Sunday play out. And in the intro, I told you not to believe in the Bears, even though they were 2-1 and one and had potential to go 3-1. and one. Um, I told you not to believe in them because they're not good, and they proved it on Sunday. They are not a good team. They looked sloppy. It was dumb. Uh, you would think... If the other team was down to their third-string quarterback and they only had, like, 79 yards passing, that they would have lost that game. No. That team won the game, a.k.a. the Giants. It was mostly Saquon carrying them, but st- literally carrying them. But still, the Bears suck. And, you know, I wanted to go into this season with low expectations. to no, Little to no expectations, honestly. So that way I wouldn't get heartbroken. I wouldn't get disappointed. And I was like, this is the year. I'm just going to, I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to watch what I see from the team. See if I, you know, I'm like, all right, he's got it. He's got it. He doesn't. And see them develop. And then they started two and one. And I was like, okay, we have a chance to go three and one. Can we prove some haters wrong? I think I mentioned Bill Simmons. And I apologize to him because maybe he was right. Maybe the Bears do really suck that bad because they did it. They, they, they gave me a little bit of hope, and then they just let me down, and they disappointed me. And um, I feel like my parents do every time <clears throat> they see me. So just really disappointed. And uh, I think I'm done. I'm no longer – like, after this game, that was a game that could have easily won, and we lost it. So I think I'm done, you know actually expecting anything from them um they're not going to be able to beat the lions this year the lions are averaging 35 points a game they've only won one game but they're still averaging 35 and there's no way the bears can keep up with that the bears offense sucks so many fucking dicks it's it's awful um it's just a really bad time to be a bears fan and i talked with johnny about it last week and it's just, it's, it's, they're just trash right now. And I, I want to believe Justin Fields is the guy. I'm sick of wondering who is the guy. When are we going to have the guy? And I really thought Justin Fields was going to be it. And he just doesn't look like it. And I know it's only his second year and quarterbacks get judged earlier and earlier in their careers. So maybe it's too early, but I really thought he was the guy and he is just not looking like the guy. So, um, yeah, a lot of questions that I don't have any answers for right now. I'm worried about this team, and uh, I don't know, maybe the move to Arlington Heights will revamp them and give them some much-needed boosts or jolts or whatever the fuck, I don't know, but uh, they need it right now more than ever. They are a disappointing franchise, and the Packers don't look good either, don't, don't, Packers fans, yeah, the Bears suck, we get it, we know, but you guys are like, people picked you to go to the Super Bowl, and you guys are struggling to beat a third-string quarterback on a, well... The Bears did that too, didn't they? They did. But the Packers, the Packers are supposed to be better than them. But we know that the Bears suck. So it's okay if we struggle to beat a third-string quarterback because 
you know, <laughs> we suck, we're trash, and we embrace it. Some of us, I don't know. My one buddy messaged me and he said, yeah, people are saying that this is the bear's ear. I don't know who in their right mind would say that. I know we suck. Most fans know that we, we are not a good team. So we're kind of like, whatever. The Packers are supposed to be a good team with Aaron Rodgers. And struggling to beat a third-string quarterback on a rebuilding team without their number one wide receiver, yeah, they did not look good. They had to take it to overtime. It took them two drives to get a field goal. Looking like a look, just like a pile of hot, stinky shit. That's what the Packers look like to me. Or maybe that's just their uniforms. I don't know. Anyway, enough sports talk. I said I was going to keep it minimal. I just had to get that out because the Bears make me so upset and sad and um, just really let me down. And I let it affect my day, and I don't want to anymore. I want to be free of that shit. So it's the curse of being a Bears fan. Anyway, like I said, um, yeah, Nora was great. Super cool. Super interesting. Um, honestly, the intro, I recorded it three days ago now. Kind of forgot what I talked about. I talked about some movies coming out. I've been hearing good things about Smile. Uh, like I said, I've, Barbarian looks great, I think. I think it's going to be a, a nice little twist and turn movie. Yeah, a lot of stuff coming out. I'm excited for spooky season. And it's absolutely beautiful out right now. It's high 60s, sun's out, no clouds in the sky. This is this is great. This is a great time to be alive. <clears throat> Unless if you're a Bears fan. Anyway, that's it for me this weekend. Hope you guys enjoy the Nora Uncle interview. Get me some views, you know. Share this stuff. Tell your friends about it. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast, all that shit. Because, um, yeah, I, I enjoy doing this. I'm doing this for fun most of the time. But it'd be cool if, you know, I got averaged more than 20 views uh, an episode, you know. So, um so help me out if you want. If not, that's cool too, I guess. I don't know. I am just doing this for fun, so maybe it doesn't matter. But Nora's great. Check her out. Twitter, Instagram. Well, like I said, I'm not sure if she has a Twitter because I'm not on there. She probably does. But Instagram for sure. Um, she's really cool. Super nice, like I said. And uh, let her know that you enjoyed her episode. Go check out A Nightmare Wakes on Shudder. Keep be on the lookout for her her projects coming up. Bruja and uh, Out Come the Wolves. Such a cool name. Yeah. She, she's got a fan out of me. I know that much. So, All right, y'all. Have a good one. I'll see you next week. We'll see who we get on. Woo-hoo, stay spooky, baby. Mm-hmm.